equals spin The propaganda's win Stress feeding on my attention My countrymen, they love their fiction Words are now This made with good intentions Welcome to One of Two Hundred, your independent media and politics podcast. I am outnumbered by my co-host today. Uh, for the first time, I think, ever, we have two Wellingtonians on the podcast, returning guests, Stephanie Rogers and Mark Kuby. Welcome to the podcast, folks. What have you done, Kyle? You've done this to yourself. <laughs> I've made a mistake. You're a Kyle. So we do want to cover off a bunch of Wellington stuff, uh, and that's particularly... I guess, important this week because last weekend we had this onslaught of media coverage about uh, the, do, do we call Tori Whanau Greens affiliated or progressive um, mayor of Wellington? Yeah, I, I think Greens affiliated is very fair. She was Greens endorsed, but not a Green branded candidate for mayor. Um, she's not a member of the party anymore. She let her membership lapse so she can reach across the aisle. Um, but she was also the Greens chief of staff in Parliament for a very long time. So I think Greens affiliated is all right. Greens adjacent. And she appointed um, Laurie Foon, Green candidate, her deputy mayor. So they you know, Greens adjacent, fairly. Fairly so much so. So it was probably, it's it's one of the more obvious, and I think I will just call it a hit job that we've seen in a while uh, from the media. We had wall-to-wall coverage of it for two or three days. For those of you who somehow avoided this issue, it started with a front page, I think, in the post, so a stuff property, uh, talking about how uh, Torifano showed up to a, a restaurant um, a little bit tipsy um, and then was loud uh, and maybe told uh, one of the wait staff, uh, do you know who I am? And That's the one, isn't it? It's not the tipsy. It's the don't you know who I am. The infamous phrase that first came to light through um, n- notorious um, MP and failed council candidate in the last election, Aaron Gilmore, who I still see on a regular basis shuffling through my local supermarket, um, trying to avoid um, process service possibly, but um, through his interesting um, real estate ventures. But everyone, everyone just leapt on that, and it's the kind of phrase that you just don't ever ever want to use and I still am not sure that Tori Whanau actually used that phrase but there was probably some reference made to hey I'm the mayor you know come on Uh, but I have talked to people and hey yeah a few drinks whatever it's that sense of entitlement that has pissed off people who I am surprised to see pissed off in my circle I think you're right. It is It is the specific phrase is kryptonite because of that context of it. And I mean, we can all think of a million ways you could effectively say that and it would be the most innocuous thing in the world. Like, um, I don't know, like, like if somebody IDs you and you're the mayor and you're like, I mean, you're going to ID Whoa. the mayor, you're going to card the mayor for alcohol at a supermarket or something. 
there's a million ways it could be an innocuous statement, but for political nerds, it's so stuck in the head that that is the phrase you say if you are a bad person who is arrogant and not deserving of office. Um, and and so that's why I can see why it was a big deal for you know political nerds like us and certainly the Twitters and these days the Mastodons and maybe the Blue Skies. Um, the threads. The threads. Uh, um <laughs> We do not have time for that. Um, <laughs> but it was it was not a front page story. It was certainly not worthy of a full front page, the only story, full height photo of Tory. I mean, I saw it obviously online because I'm an elder millennial um, and thought, oh, well, this is a this is a pretty rubbish story. This isn't going to go well. And then I saw a physical copy of the paper and I gasped that that was the treatment it got, that that was the level of, of priority and profile the story got. I, I assumed they had more. I assumed that the next day was going to be another story and it was going to be something worse, or the next day was going to be some big release of, it's not OIA, it's Lagoima documents um, showing something. I was like, this has to be a bigger story and this is like the opening salvo, but it wasn't. It was then, as you say, days of, well, did she say that, well, who was the friend well actually the wait staff weren't complaining it was just how they reported what happened and i'm i'm still flabbergasted by all of it yeah well you just left out one thing there and i did too um they left without paying oh yeah who who among us cannot say that they have done the same thing um particularly when um particularly given the circumstances and as a as a uh, a cool younger boomer, I was also um, uh, first um, <laughs> alerted to the story online, um, and yeah, just the the front page, that treatment, especially coming on the heels of of a very similar uh, front page for for Kerry Allen, which we may get to uh, later on. Uh, yeah, kind of shocking, but the so you've got the tipsy, which is great to see that word come back in because it's it hasn't been around for a while. Tipsy uh entitlement leaving without paying even though um the friend obviously who was doing the shouting came back and paid for it the next day but i've been in that situation and you know you you halfway down the street you go oh man i just so used to paying up front these days that i have to run back and, and get it what wasn't mentioned largely in the story that i found curious was that um um, as the mayor of a council, and this was set in place long before Tory took the reins, but as mayor of a council that has pedestrianised, done a lot to pedestrianise and anti-car work on Dixon Street, where this particular um, Vietnamese restaurant is based, the reason they were able to sit outside was that they've decolonised a whole lot of the car parks along along that, that, that street, decolonised the public space, and... Now, Old Quarter have a lovely outdoor area that they can have people sitting out in the beautiful Wellington weather, even though it's winter, maybe not today, but uh, it, it's incredible to me that that doesn't get credit at the same time as she's also, and her council are also being slated for narrowly getting through the support for Let's Get Wellington Moving, which is going to pedestrianise and public transport enhance the whole of the Golden Mile. It's the, it's the narrow framing that really gets me and the personality the politics. But, hey, didn't your guy up there, Kyle, um, Mr Brown, get 
kind of, you know, the full flack treatment from media for a lot of his stuff. And poor old, no, I'm not going to say poor old, silly old Nobby Clark in, in, in Vicargill, you know, they're, they're, everyone's laying on to that mayor. And, and this is kind of what happens is, is or is this or is this one different maybe it is I'm, I, I'm I think the sure. standards are pretty different I mean Bobby <laughs> Clark is pandering to fascists and Wayne Brown is insert laundry list here and I think that's what made this such an outrageous story to a lot of people is that there are plenty of actual political scandals going on every day even in our fair city of, of Wellington the idea that this was the biggest story the post could get and let's also put it in the media context of stuff having kind of tried to resurrect or rejuvenate these mastheads um of the post the i never remember the south island one i'm sorry i'm from auckland and the waikato times um so like they're trying to to make the post like a thing it's it's not just on stuff it's on the post and this is the level of story we've got it's oh my god i just realized it's exactly like I'm going to forget which one it was. Scout or Spy, one of the Rachel Glucina properties, um, where the first big story was Mike Hosking vacuuming his own car. It, yeah. That's a Deep throwback. cut. Deep cut. Why, why is this in my brain still? <laughs> um, but it's that level of just, is this the story? And I think they're trying, and probably the justification would be that it's building on a narrative of a couple of previous stories. One where Tori missed a meeting and one where she then did an interview about how, yeah, she likes to go out on a Saturday night, deal with it. But that's not a powerful enough, it's not like um, your mayor of Toronto, Rob Ford, the one who was doing a lot of cocaine. You know, there's a series of, party mayor into organized <laughs> crime affiliated mayor this is not that and i think even trying to make it that yeah. undermines what what could have been if if all true if all true as reported could have been a story connected to the huge network of stories we've had over recent years of politicians being arrogant politicians um, behaving badly in ways that we don't expect of of people we elect to office and that's probably also where we tie in the Kerry Allen thing it's simply stark in terms of how nothing a story it is yeah I mean if we want accountability for politicians let's fucking go you yeah know? like I, I can think of half a dozen front pages you know uh, and you, you mentioned um a, a couple of other mayors there as well some of that stuff is is really horrific but what also is really frustrating to me is it wasn't just the post you know, they, they kicked things off, but every other media property picked the story up and tried to keep it rolling. Uh, and even as more information came out from the bar stuff saying, oh, it wasn't like serious, you know, she didn't say it seriously. Like we had, there wasn't a negative interaction. This wasn't a problem for us. Um, they were really trying to like rein that coverage in. Um, and th there's a sense that they were either, well, they were probably misreported in the first instance. Um, and then alongside that, you had a whole bunch of outriders and people that we know are uh, some pretty nasty political operators sending in photos of Tory at other mm. out, uh, other restaurants. Um, we had claims from, you know, ex-Wellington uh, Mayor uh, Pendergrast saying, oh, you shouldn't swear if you're in public. You know, and, and the media were actively seeking this stuff out to try and keep the story rolling, to try and continue... Uh, I don't know whatever they were trying to do, honestly. I, In the end, I think it fell over. I, I think people were like, okay, 
but there's enough information here now for me to make a pretty good uh, analysis that nothing really happened. It's interesting, isn't it? And it's Prendergast, um, just for the record, um, Kerry, um, who's, you know, certainly um, I, I may not agree with her politics, but as a, as a politician and a, and a, and a change maker and a, and a mover and shaker, she's definitely up there um, compared to people like the infamous Mark Blumsky, who we could go on at length on in terms of his um, relationships with the media. But um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, th- I, I think you're right. I think it's going to blow over, but it wasn't really helped by her Tory having described herself in the past as a quote party mayor unquote, which I but that's fine. I'd rather have that, you know. Come on, you want to you want a mayor that you can you know go out late night, have a few drinks, see the court, not be afraid of going into Courtney Place. He buys you a whiskey. Oh, sorry, I'm talking about Winston Peters here, um, who you know should have. <laughs> Should have re- I mean, who hasn't uh, had a free whiskey from Winston um, in the second generation? I think you might be outnumbered on that one, Kyle, though in my defense, <laughs> it might have been wine. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the infamous um, drinks in Jim Bolger's office. And so the, the whole cosy relationship of drinking with politicians uh, by the media has been a, a tradition for yonks, right? Um, and yet... It's part of the omerta that keeps the thing running, where we accept that relationship, but choose. When I say we, um, you know, the the royal we, the 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 people who are doing this, um, accept <laughs> that um, large yes, but uh, are always going to are never going to report on certain things because we just don't go there for for partners and wives and husbands and and late night escapades it's kind of unless it gets to a situation where it's you know completely outrageous and egregious but this is not that so i i i think it's something that can be leveraged for for good for for tory i i I do wonder who is looking after her in terms of that media stuff uh, because it's it's you're out in public man and it's Stuff can happen all the time, and it's a fine balance, isn't it, of wanting to be seen and be the face of, of the city but not mess it up. But, hey, storm in a, storm in a teacup, storm in a wine glass. Um, it's, it's, it's a ca- – she's heading – she, she comprehensively won that mayoralty, like, like, mm. like totally won that mayoralty. The, the left-leaning uh, members of, of the council um, really did well in every ward in the city. Um, the overwhelming support for ventures like the pedestrianisation of the city and, and lower, lower car speeds and all the good stuff that this council is putting through were comprehensively supported in consultation. And it's only the the last minute ostriches who suddenly go, oh, it's all going to happen. And, oh, I'm going to lose the park outside of my chemist shop that old people won't be able to get, come to my shop and buy their, get their prescriptions. I'm going to have to close down as was in the paper yesterday, my local chemist. Okay. Who I have been going to for prescriptions, walking to the chemist for my prescriptions for ages. And it's this big beat up about, oh, I'm going to have to close because, Okay, your shop is too small. 
you don't have the range. It's quite expensive. You're only open from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., which really doesn't suit a lot of people. And within five minutes, walk, there's a gigantic chemist warehouse or chemist bargain chemist, chemist warehouse, bargain chemist down the road that's got everything at half the price. So, you know, it's capitalism. You, 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 you can't argue that. But to, to put it on the fact that all oh, the council are making these changes is is egregious. And yet it's reported without any of those um, counter arguments. It's just taken as gospel that retailers have a right to whinge about anything and get a big public media. Well, before we it. get too far into the um, LGWM stuff, uh, I did want to uh, talk about the Kerry Allen coverage as well, because after a week of that and then moving to Tory coverage on the weekend... It went straight back to Kerry Allen coverage, and it had a very similar tenor, uh, but probably even worse, uh, because there was nothing there. Uh, and this is in relation to previous coverage that, you know, a lot of people uh, have just been blown away by, which is leaks from senior public servants um, against the minister, which is itself, like, reasonably unprecedented and I, I don't think that's been talked about enough and and I, I do want to draw a line between you know some people are calling this this whistleblowing but I think this is leaks given that there doesn't seem to be much in the way of hard evidence um and you know the the veracity of any of these comments is up in the air and I'm happy to be wrong or right or whatever about them uh just to be clear uh that uh, Kerry Allen had like shouted at people that was like maybe a bullying culture, um, things along those lines. It happened while Hipkins was out of the country. She'd been on uh, mental health leave, I think, as well, uh, which has, I think, in the past been a signal for media to cool down on coverage. I know, I think the last case of that would have been Todd Muller, um, who yeah. everyone was very like, caring about like across the spectrum it was just like okay cool hands off uh not in this case uh that became a bit of a like that became like a central pillar of the coverage was how Kerry Allen was taking leave and we came into the uh beginning of the week with mul again multiple media outlets trying to make uh the insinuation that she was on more mental health leave that she had to go on leave again uh, because of uh, what she was being accused of or because she was struggling in some way. Uh, and this is while the entire time, because all of this came out during a post-cabinet briefing from uh, Chris Hipkins, where the media were actively trying to frame this as mental health leave, and Hipkins would just said, no, this is like just normal leave. And then Kerry Allen was on Twitter saying, no, I'm like, this is, it's a school holidays. And it turns out, like, a, a, like at least a third of Parliament is on leave mm. for the school holidays, doing the same thing. And, yeah, three or four outlets released a story saying Kerry Allen takes leave again and then tried to kind of play, play two tracks about, oh, we're just reporting the truth. There is no context here, <laughs> you know. The, the, the other coverage that we've done is irrelevant. And... and I, I think there's no denying that they knew exactly what they were trying to do. So I think it's, there's one point from the kind of uh, what Mark was saying about the Tory issue, which is that, yeah, there's, there's such a culture of 
um, I wouldn't say a culture of partying, but Parliament is in many ways a bubble. And I don't mean that in the way a lot of people say the Thornton bubble, they're all out of touch. But I just mean that politicians from every party and the press gallery are working in intensely close proximity every single day. And yeah, you have the end of year drinks where everyone's just like, this is a safe little bubble that we are not going to, you know, report outside of because that would be mutually assured destruction. If, if everyone starts slinging around, well, here's what I've seen this MP do. Here's what I've seen this journalist do. And you don't have that with the Kerry Allen story, when it is senior public servants who I honestly um, am not entirely certain if they have been leaking stuff or if they've been making off the record comments or like anonymous comments, but I've not seen a lot of names attached to the comments being made by senior public servants, but the fact they're making comments at all is very notable. There's not a mutually assured destruction there, but at the same time, it's notable that they're happy to make these comments about Kerry and not about any other MP, current or past, because we had an entire serious review process in terms of the Francis Review coming out and saying that people, especially in um, MPs and ministers' offices, don't feel comfortable complaining about bullying. They don't necessarily know what the boundaries are. It's such a weird place to work in terms of the hours, the pressure, um, how much things can change, the the real lack of job certainty, because if your minister loses their warrants, you lose your job. So we know that there have to be other ministers, whether in this current government or in previous governments, who public servants knew a lot about. Certainly when I've worked in parliament, there were plenty of rumours about, oh, well, um, this agency only sends tier three people into the minister's office because they don't want junior staffers in that office or this ministry will only um, have x number of staffers or this minister has been reshuffled in the the portfolio because x agency won't work with them anymore or or isn't comfortable giving them advice um, and and so it's to me the question becomes whether or not i believe this the allegations are true it's the same with with the Tory issue I'm trying not to say Tory story because that's just a terrible <laughs> phrase but with um both with Tory and with Kerry why is this the story that's not to say it's not true they could both be completely true but if they are we know that there are equal and worse things being done by plenty of other people why is it and here's where I'm just going to put on the little tinfoil hat why is it the younger Maori women who are seen as leaders or seen as boat rockers. We've got a green-affiliated progressive Wellington mayor who is getting stuff done in terms of things like um, pedestrianisation, Golden Mile, actually getting Wellington moving. And you've got Kerry who has for a very long time been seen as a future leader of the Labour Party, someone who can bridge the divide of provincial and urban, of um, ordinary working class, says it like it is, and also is a gay Maori woman. You know, both of these people, whether you like them or hate them or love them, you think the allegations are true, you think the allegations are false, both of these people are people who fundamentally threaten a bit of the political status quo. So there's there's no tinfoil there. I just I want to go <laughs> that ba based on like what we've seen and, and also like a history of of this kind of thing um in political and media spheres for like the last hundred years. I mean since since 
the British landed here. Uh, you know, this is this has been a thing. Um, but also in the this outcomes, is character character tinfoil. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. But you're right. Yeah, like this is to have two in such quick succession um, of these very stark examples. I think has been pretty stunning. It is, and and the other thing that <clears throat> hasn't been mentioned. Hey, Curry, cancer. Hello. You oh know, yeah. She she yeah. Like give 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 her the break. Um, Jeepers relationship breakdown. The the whole works. It's like perfect storm and show a bit of sympathy. The the whole bullying thing I find really interesting. Um, the again the key word for me that came out of that was screaming, not shouting. There, the, the it was there were allegations that there was screaming in in the in the minister's office, and it's like you wouldn't possibly get that epithet applied to a male politician no. because, as I think we know, guys just you know we we might not even have to shout if we're in a position of authority or power. We can just raise our voices and look menacing and be nasty, and that's kind of enough, right? And I'm sure there's plenty of shouting that does actually happen from from um, male staff and and politicians in in place in Thorndon. But hey, that's that applies to other organisations too. And um, oh well, just something that got a little bit of coverage, but not very much, was the fact that um, Karen Hay, who's the who's the, the former host of RNZ Nights, um, who's was mysteriously absent from the airwaves since February, um, it, it now it has resigned from RNZ, and it appears that there are well, there are there's there's accusations of of bullying and bad behaviour there too, and and. Um, my reading of that was, uh, yeah, and, and knowing a little bit about that place is that, uh, yeah, it doesn't sound that bad. I mean, all bullying's bad, right? But you know, there's there's a scale. But media, okay, so you got politic environment, but media environment compared to the drinking, the drugs, the bullying, the bad behaviour, the everything that goes on there, jeepers creepers. It's um, don't cast the first stone, right? Yeah, there's a real expediency um, to it, right? Like, hey, this is a target, um, and we can say what we want about it, and we'll ignore it otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I Occam's razor, right? I just think that, but both of both of those, the the Curry um, thing and and Torifano thing happened perhaps serendipitously for the media, and and it was just, oh well, here's a, you know, this is too good to be too good to be true. It might get us clicks and sales and whatever, but it does seem very strange that the two front pages like that. And I, I'm just curious. And, and I, I um, full disclosure, I, I, I know and, and like and have worked with Caitlin Cherry, who's the about to be departed editor of The Post. And it just doesn't strike, it strikes me as weird that those decisions were made under her editorship. But I don't know what's gone on there, and so I'm not going to speculate. But it's just, I, I think, I think media media is pretty desperate right now, right, for 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 revenue and for attention in a in a in an age where, um, you know, every, every as we said before, every day there's a new social media 
thing coming along that 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 is as I said last time I, I was on it, that's the news. The newspapers are yesterday's news because they have to be. Um, they can supply interesting stuff, but it's it's they're not the leaders anymore, and they're really expensive to produce. So anyway, it's 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 just a weird situation, and I'd hate to think that it's the the the, the opening of any kind of floodgate. But you'd kind of have to think it. that. That, well, and it, and it look, it comes on the back of a lot of a lot, of just heaps of anti, particularly anti Maori stuff um, coming from all quarters. But particularly the the coded racism in in the attacks on co governance, mm-hmm. you know, which which don't even go into what that mm-hmm. actually means. It's it's just become, you know, the shifting over the Overton window. When oh yeah, of course co governance is bad. Oh, of course this is this way. Let's let's just make that the new normal and and use it to our yeah. advantage. It's it's this weird thing. It's freaking where media they they try to like there's this theater that we're we're reporting the news. What they're trying to do is create the news. But what is really happening is that they're receiving knowledge and passing it on without being aware that they're have basically become a mechanism at this point. Um, and I think that's a good way for me to force a segue into one of the other topics that I want skillful. to talk about. Not you skillful. are the professional. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Which is the coverage of the Greens housing uh, policy, which was re- released last weekend. Uh, which, you know, you can talk about, hey, we want, if you're in media, we, we want revenue. The way we get that is by getting engagement. That's the clicks. We need to have stuff that people want to see um, or maybe not even want to see, but want to um, find out what it means, you know, to, to click through to the page with more words. And sometimes that means we have to cover things in a sensationalist way. But for a lot of this stuff, there's a really big audience that just wants good reporting. And the coverage of the housing policy in particular uh, which was aimed at renters, which is, uh, you know, at least a third of the country, you'd think there'd be a pretty big media audience to give some good, like, positive coverage for. But I think most, maybe 90% of the coverage I've seen of it has been from bank economists and landlord associations. And the uh, Act Party, who were Act Party. stunningly against. Wow, who could have guessed? And it just... You know, when people are saying, oh, we, we need to get the clicks or, you know, this is not what people want to see. No, there are like two million people who, who do want to see this. Uh, and there are significantly less landlords who want to see what the Landlords Association says about this. And it just strikes me as being just barefacedly incorrect about how this should be covered. Yeah. It's not even it's not even a question of getting positive analysis necessarily, Carl. It's it's about getting thorough yeah. analysis, right? So let's dive deep into what what's involved here. And if these um, politicians are saying they have a uh, well-researched, fully costed um, <laughs> proposal here, let's get someone who knows something to dive into it and do run the numbers. And uh, hey, hey, will this work? Because Yes, it does. And yet, when uh, other parties, you mentioned one of them just there, but also their their big brother, uh, National, 
come up with these ridiculous proposals that are just like pie in the sky and uh, okay we'll do this but how are you how are you going to pay for all that stuff you've been talking about at the same time as giving the richest people in the country massive tax cuts um no it, get, no one gets brings out the calculator no one's you know getting Brad Olson or whatever other um, right wing economist is 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 in the room to to do the numbers on that eh? and and it's just bizarre but it's it's part of what I, I, I we'll get to this too I think is uh, the a recent opinion column again you know stuff posts they do good stuff they give access to to people just point out the fact that um, all the dialogue is about the a large part of the dialogue is about the major parties, national versus Labour, the horse race thing, like it's still first past the post. And it should be about the minor parties, ACT, Greens, Tamari Party, even top, and the gaggle of right wing fringe tinfoil hat wearing loonies that um, are going to determine the result of the next election. Uh, the, the, where is the coverage of this? It's um, so, so that's, you know, it, let's make it easy on ourselves. Let's not, let's not get too deep into wonky stuff that the public might find hard. Let's just slap a headline of it uh, with the realization that um, 75% of people will only read the headline. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, what's interesting, I, I was doing some cleaning up earlier in the house and I'll hold this up because you, you, the audience can't see it, of course, but uh, Kyle, oh, yes. just for Kyle and Stephanie's benefit. Oh, okay. So what I'm holding up is the Renters United edition of Rat King Landlord, which is a, a, a graphic, graphically illustrated um, remix of um, Murdoch Stevens. Um, so a newsprint version that they that the that um, Murdoch and his um, Gibson uh, Lawrence and Gibson his publishing company put out. It's a, a, a thirty uh, no hang on forty two page uh, A three uh, newsprint color version of his book in which where the landlord is actually a real rat um, like a rat. Um, great story, but they they produced this and gave away heaps free to um, through Renters United. It was in the shops for the outrageous price of two dollars, um, or, or yeah, or or you know, and and it, it was a big hit. It made the Unity Books, you know, top ten, and so it's forced for people to find other ways to get to the constituency because. Mainstream media aren't going to do it, man. No. It's just not going to happen. Swing back round, um, Stephanie. Since we have you on here, are you able Hi. to give us the crib notes on like what this policy actually does? Because I'm because I'm the the screaming lefty. Um, obviously, the things that excited me about the policy, which is a very comprehensive policy, is the rent cap. So um, landlords wouldn't be able to increase your rent more than. 3%, and that's based around the Reserve Bank's um, inflation target. Um, and we currently have that they can only increase your rent once a year, but they can still increase it more if they break the tenancy and get new tenants in. We'd also get rid of that. So it's the annual rent increase for the property, not for the tenancy. So they can't just kick people out and then hike it up by 200 and rent it to your best mates who also desperately need a house. 
Um, it's also going to involve having a landlord register. So you can actually look up your landlord and see how many times they've been taken to the tenancy tribunal for not fixing your broken window. Hooray! Um, and with that, though, I, I don't know how much the detail is around it, but the um, my favorite bit is that uh, we'll be able to deregister landlords if they're continually terrible. And what consequences? I, consequences for landlords potentially for property management companies you know it could all be it could all be fine um this is very not the key message but i personally think we should just change our whole uh election campaign logo to abolish quinovic so um, i think that would be a vote winner you know as you say one in three new zealanders are renting for maori i think that's 50 percent. for pacifica that's 65 percent. so as i as i said on tiktok i really think we can see where the power dynamics of society are breaking along that line um but there are also other things like rental cap landlord register uh rental warrant of fitness so currently we have the healthy home standards um they're they're okay but they're not being enforced properly and this is one of the things about being um in politics and recognizing that there's a lot of different levers to power right you can change the legislation you can change the regulations but if you don't have the enforcement um available if you don't have enough people coming from the union background i can say this has always been the thing with labor inspectors you know you can have as strong a health and safety framework as you like in the workplace but if mb doesn't have enough labor inspectors to come out and check your work site uh it's not particularly meaningful so applying the same kind of thing to rentals um basically it's about acknowledging that a lot of people have to rent and if we do things like also have the uh, income guarantee we know from history that as soon as you increase something like the accommodation supplement or yeah. the student allowance landlords just whack up the rent that much and it's so often it's... used as a way for people to attack left-wing policies like oh no you can't give fewer money because then landlords or supermarkets or whoever just put the money put the cost up okay well i think the problem isn't the policy in that in that case exactly and it's also about seeing the politics holistically right like because the media want to focus on one policy at a time. So you have to announce one policy at a time. It's easy to take them in isolation and go, well, this isn't going to fix things because it'll just have this effect. It's like, well, imagine if we also had a policy for the effect. Imagine if we were doing a whole government thing where we can take care of all these different systems yeah. and work at regulating all of them. And so, you know, I love some of my my Twitter economist buddies, but sometimes they are a little bit like, this one policy will not have the effect you want because the numbers will do this. It's like, that's great. We're also going to fuck up those numbers. Have a good day. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the really frustrating things about a lot of the coverage is it's focusing on these really narrow parts of the policy mm. um, and saying, for example, but this won't solve it because there just aren't enough houses without acknowledging that part of the policy is to build more houses exactly exactly so it's what really excites me the most about the policy if i'm really honest is that um both james and marama spoke at the launch which i was at because you know got to get those photo ops if i'm gonna <laughs> win if i'm gonna win or harder you i've got to get those photo ops um i set myself realistic goals in life but i like <laughs> that both of them didn't just frame this as being here's our rental policy this is this is just about renters it's about a broader idea which is that the status quo is bad and we can choose to change it like poverty is a choice homelessness is a choice made by politicians yeah politicians can actually develop policies that change those things and i think that is something that's actually 
um, depressingly radical for New Zealand politics because both National and Labour are fundamentally the parties of, well, we can't change the economic status quo so we can just twiddle it a little and make it a bit better for some people. But that's actually just a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you tell yourself you can't change the big things, and this is why I have a lot of arguments with my Labour Party friends um, who don't like it when I point out they had a whole welfare expert advisory group and then didn't do anything with it. Um, they say, well, we did. We did the, we did this little thing. We did this indexing. We did this little increase. It's like, yeah, but you could have done a lot more. And unfortunately, you were also the government when we had a global pandemic happen that demonstrated just how much government can do if it wants to with the levers it has. And just to wrap up my little thread here, this is often where some people like to come in and say, oh, you lefties, you just want the government to fully institute communism overnight. Um, it's not possible to get that much done. And we say and, yes. Well, yeah, true. We do say yes. Um, but also, it's not an unreasonable demand. It doesn't completely abolish capitalism to do things like set benefits at a livable level. It would have serious impacts. A lot of terrible employers would quickly find out that they can't force people to keep doing their terribly paid jobs because of the threat of winds over everyone's shoulder. But it is entirely feasible. And it's also feasible to have a suite of policies that address all of these things at the same time so that you don't just try one thing and the system bounces it back. So... Yeah, it's a great policy. And of course, landlords hate it. And the ACT Party hates it. And while I am very critical of the media approach on that, I also think those are some of the best endorsements the policy <laughs> could have. Absolutely. As a landlord. <clears throat> um, oh, God. Uh, no, Kyle! Ser <laughs> no, 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 seriously, seriously, as as a, um, a co-landlord, I guess, um, my uh, we, uh, my, me and my brother and sister, we rent out our uh, mother's house uh, to family uh, to help pay f to keep mum in a, uh, in a home. Never say we're not balanced uh, and, on one of 200. Well, no, no. Um, and um, we did all that. We, you know, put it, put in an extra heat pump, put it, you know, we, we do all the right things, kept the, kept the rent low as we could um and the my nephew and his friends are just uh, over the moon to be living in a place that is actually warm and dry and nice and not and with people who aren't complete a-holes um i'm also a renter and i have a ethical landlord who's one of the the mythic you know the 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 the, the paragons that the the right wing like to hold up you know the mum dad single person um person who's just got the one house and this is the reality and and yeah so i i i haven't i've had my first rent increase for years um this year just because there were a lot of improvements done on the place and some you know that's that's fair i don't mind and so there just needs to be a hell of a lot more dialogue about this and i hadn't heard it stephanie i'm sorry but i should have got down and read the whole green policy and gone through it with a tooth comb but yes I everyone don't should. have the time <laughs> i don't have the time to, people don't have the time time that's that that's part of the problem right isn't it that the complex deep <clears throat> stuff doesn't get the clicks that emotional um issues do Landlord register. Wow. Is that going to be cross-referenced with the gun register? <laughs> I don't think that's explicitly part of the policy, but if we have the two registers, presumably someone will write the code to figure that out. 
Yeah, and and it's look, it just made me think what 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 you, when you were talking there, it, it made me think back to attitudinal stuff around um, what uh, Kerry Prendergast said about Tori Fano about oh she shouldn't be going out having a good time like a normal person. She should just be work 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 working all the time. You know, work will set will set us free. That's like Yikes. the that the mantra right of of the of of politicians who who just want to keep everyone working all the time except for the ones who have lots of houses and um capital gains free income that they can you know just dip into whenever they like to do whatever they want and not not necessarily have to work all the time so that that whole attitude which is is not just at, at, on the right wing of the spectrum, it's become inculcated into the society that oh, we've got to work all the time. You've got to can't work. You've got to feel guilty when you take time off, mm. and which I, th- I I think has been altered uh, during the during and uh, during the the big uh, time of COVID. Of course, still going in terms of working from home and if more flexible hours and all that kind of jazz is is. But then more needs to be done to say hey. Why, why work all the time when if the Greens can show us a fully costed housing policy that, that balances and works out and there's the money there, um, maybe we should be thinking about this for everything. It's, but that notion, I don't think people want to go there because it's really radical mm. and, and dangerous to, to say that in a in a society where it's oh no we've got to pay back debt and you know, there's, there's never going to be enough money and people need to tighten their belts and if they or sell their belts or get a, get a sackcloth and ashes and wander around the streets um, feeling bad bad about themselves because they're poor um, yeah it's it's well dangerous it's for a particular group of people right and but get back to that like okay what's going to get the clicks I mean a landlord register that punished landlords for like not fixing the mushrooms growing out of your ceiling is pretty Simply clickable. regulate. There's no punishment. There's just regulation. And <laughs> I mean, this is always my thing with housing though, right? Is is we have this weird narrative which is deliberately created and fostered by many people, including a lot of our media, um, that that landlords are doing some kind of favour to society. And it's like, no, you're providing a service for money. Now, if, if you want to provide the housing for free, then sure, we, we won't apply that many standards to it. But you want to charge money for a home. And I always use the restaurant analogy, and someone completely tried to own me on Twitter about this. God, I'm such a millennial. Um, but basically, like, we we would never let someone open a seafood restaurant and say, well, we'll just let the market decide what an appropriate level of refrigeration is for the seafood. No, you're providing a service for money in a capitalist society. That means we get to make sure that service doesn't kill people. And right now, a lot of our housing is killing people. So actually, yeah, you you do have to put in a freaking heat pump. And no, you don't get to complain that it's just too expensive. And how are you meant to put in a heat pump if you can't increase the rent? Well, how is a restaurant meant to put in fridges if they can't charge you $1,000 for a plate of food? Oh, that's right. We tell them to suck it up. And if they can't run a business that is safe for people, then they don't get to run a business. And that's just... It's actually, it's not even left-wing screaming philosophy. That's just basic capitalist logic. Yeah. And it, those uh, disjunctions kind of get thrown out the window when people are trying to argue against any any sort of uh, safety mechanisms 
um, or regulatory aspects. Uh, and, and that's what's been happening this week. They say, oh, what, what, wasn't, but what I've just seen so many times is, oh, but all the landlords will just sell their homes and then all those houses will disappear. You know, like, no, that's not how it works. It's not what what they what they they're gonna burn them down and they're, they're gonna burn them down in a fit of peak. They're gonna attach a million balloons to them and recreate <laughs> up across the whole uh, Fantastic. whole Fantastic. Um, yeah, love it. But you know, also a good outcome. Oh, the ho- the homes are bad. So if they want to just clear the land and we can just take ownership of it and um you know, devolve it as necessary to community organizations or iwi to actually build homes people can live in without uh, getting pneumonia, that would be great. Yeah. Win win all round. It's this consistent framing, I, I think, as you mentioned, of these policies, at least this because of the kind of full press attack against this particular green policy. And as you said, it, it's almost been like a a good set of editorials. Um in a way that the previous uh, policy release, the the tax and um, benefits policy, uh, just didn't it didn't get any coverage. This one, people were so afraid of it that at least it's in the news. And I think the consistency of this sort of stuff is going to start wearing on people. And like as we come up to the election, I, I don't think this is good for right wing politicians because um, you know a third of people rent. They see this and they they know they're, they're not gonna, they're not going to look at us and say oh yes well I guess I have to agree with the landlords association and the act party uh, they look at their house and say I got some mushrooms growing out of the floor over there and my rent was put up a hundred dollars this year uh, and I've got bronchitis because my house is cold and damp uh, and, and landlords want to stop this fantastic. I've lost my job because my kids are sick so often because the house is making them sick that I'm being yeah. fired because I also don't have strong work rights or sufficient um, domestic or sick leave. And yeah, it's, it, it does. And the thing is, is, as, as Mark was saying, it's the smaller parties who are actually going to be setting the real direction of the next government. And this is something I've said, even when I'm not a green party candidate, if you like the status quo, figure out which color you like the status quo and vote for labor or national accordingly. If you want to change the status quo, figure out which direction, good or evil, and vote green slash to party Māori or uh, act as appropriate, um, but also party vote green. Uh, so, <laughs> so the fact is that if you want real change on all these things it's going to be one of the smaller parties policies that's going to to show you that whereas labor and national are going to spend the next oh god too many months um someone had a day count at the housing uh, announcement they were like such and such 100 days till the election i was like shut up i don't want to i can't think in those terms it's it's too frightening but Labour and National are going to come out with who wants to spend the most on Dunedin Hospital, who wants to recruit the most cops, who wants to recruit the most doctors, except that it actually takes a long time to train doctors, so we actually can't just talk about training doctors. Um, but the actual interesting ideas are going to be coming from the smaller parties and the ideas that actually address people's real lives and not just the big generic focus group idea of what people's priorities are isn't the coverage though isn't the coverage though going to be more who do you like more chris and nicola or chris and carmel that's you know um actually they've been they've been staying away from that because the numbers there are horrific for well no one no one uh, look 
just just checking this out, Carl, because you're a representative Aucklander. Um, Token Aucklander. For the purpose, purpose of this podcast. Um, it's been raining a lot up there, right, yep. this year? Yep. yep, too much. And, and, and people, are pissed off, people are generally pissed off a lot about everything. They want, and I think that's true to a large extent with New Zealand, you know, they're, they're, they're sick of COVID, sick of um, cost increases, sick of being told lies, sick of everything, really. Um, we're going to get a little adrenaline boost from the FIFA Women's World Cup but um, and the Film Festival and other amazing winter entertainment spread and circuses but it's like who do we blame and and i think there was a, a prevailing theory uh, uh, there for quite a while that our oh, labor's just going to be they're going to lose the election everyone's going to hate them they're going to get voted out of the landslides lady da i don't know if that's looking that strong anymore mm-hmm. because as you were referring to, Carl, if people start looking around and say, well, who, do we bl- who, who do we take our anger out on? Well, maybe it's the National Party for being so useless and being so unlikable and just f- rolling these things up the flagpole by the, the leader that they need to be pulled down by the deputy. Yeah, it's, the sticking. Next day. it's sticking. It's sticking. And, and, and that's why I think... Axe smell chum in the water yep. and are going to run like a shark if a shark can run, swim like a shark to 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 make the best advantage of this. And hey, you know, they could be the the major opposition party after the next election. It's not unfeasible because we've seen this happen globally. Suddenly the vote switches, and and it's slightly different under, under an MEP environment, but but suddenly the vote switches and. People go, oh, well, fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'll give, uh, I'm an Elam, uh, I'll, I'll give this rough Manji guy a go because actually he's been around for, for quite a while. He's really nice guy. He's sensible, thoughtful, and I don't know about his party and I, I, I don't think he's necessarily going to go into league with anybody, but it'd be nice to have a, a fresh thing there. Um, the same for the Greens, the same for Act, the same possibly for to party Māori, because I think what I'd really love to see, and it's a really hard one for media, is what's it looking like in terms of the candidates for the for the Māori seats? I mean, it's just, it's a hard, no, no one, you know, the poll, it's too hard to poll, but you can get an idea from calibre of candidate and just what the feeling is out there as to what's going to happen there. And, <clears throat> you know, it is possible that Labour will do particularly poorly in those seats because they haven't made necessarily a lot of a lot of leeway in in that area um so yeah 100 working days for everyone like stephanie for who as a candidate for ohario for which every every day is a working day um roughly till the election and um uh yeah all bets are off i i really think this yeah i don't know what what what's your feeling I'm curious, Steph, because you're out there knocking. No, no, and Wellington is like the most liberal green enclave in the bloody yes. country. But what what are you getting in in an electorate like Ohario, where you any if 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 I was a betting person, I'd be putting all the money on red, you know, because I, I can't see Greg losing that that seat. He's an active local MP. Um, that would just be my thought, but hey, you you're on the ground. What are you 
what are you what what are you getting? I am on the ground that we're not door knocking yet because we're really party vote focused, obviously, and that that means that we're going to focus a lot of our attention to getting the vote out that we know is in Oharu, which is one of the top ten electorates for party vote for the Greens. Um, I wouldn't put bets either way, to be honest. Um, Nicola Willis uh, and Christopher Luxon came and did a, a very high-profile walkabout uh, in the past week through my own suburb of Tower, um, which got a very oh. snarky comment from Thomas Manch um, about Luxon saying something about, you know, it's really great to get out and talk to the the common people and not have the uh, the media <laughs> acting as an intermediary. And Thomas Manch is like, he said, surrounded by the media he had invited to this walkabout. Um, media and party so, affiliates, right? Like media and party affiliates, though. Hamish did he, Price actually, didn't show up, so hey, they've learned. <laughs> but did, did he actually say common people? I don't think he actually said common people, oh. but that was the vibe. Um, but I also think, though, as much as that was a cynical kind of try to get some profile for Chris exercise, it also also shows just how hard Nicola Willis is fighting for the seat. She is already holding big public meetings. She's done one on education she's about to do or has just done one on law and order. Um, we are getting a lot of her flyers in our letterbox, possibly because they, my partner and I only moved here in uh, about nearly two years ago, but they may not have updated the database to say, do not leaflet this house. It is a waste of printing. Um, and I don't know about Greg, to be honest. I mean, I remember people saying a lot about Peter Dunn. He was a very active local MP, but Greg is also very much out of step in some ways with this electorate. This electorate is very much a lot of geriatric millennial first-time homeowners who work in the public service, and Greg is by far the most socially conservative um, Labour MP, or tied perhaps with one or two others. And Nicola is coming along presenting this very, you know, I'm also a mom, and I've I, I work in Wellington, and um, I'm way more socially liberal than the leader I am supporting. Um, so I think it could be interesting the the funniest thing about my campaign is that i have been asked a couple of times if i'm worried about splitting the left vote to which my response is <laughs> with whom am i supposed to be splitting the left vote but yeah it's i think it's going to be an interesting one and who knows i, I put about a 10 percent chance that uh she rolls luxon before the election in which case i will be at candidate meetings with the leader of the opposition which will be a challenge I was not anticipating at the beginning uh, of this year. Um, but no, I think, oh, how do you, it's hard to say. It's It It was such a outlier for so long with Peter Dunn as a very popular local MP. Greg kind of snuck in because no one expected Dunn to retire when he did. Um, and he cemented it in, you know, Labour's most successful election in a very long time. So could be could be a fun one to watch but actually all of wellington's going to be fun to watch because obviously we've got uh tamitha fighting a very strong campaign in wellington central she is already door knocking julianne fighting a very strong campaign up against fleur so two people who i know very well going for rongotai which is going to be a really fun one um and of course it would, uh, it would be it would be extraordinary if rongotai went green it would be extraordinary but it could happen i i think it would be less extraordinary if wellington central goes green because Tamitha is a powerhouse. I keep, there's people who don't know her, right, mm -hmm. um, outside of Wellington and <clears throat> you know, the, the, the Chloe stands right, well boy, if they, if, they if they like Chloe, man Tamitha, it's just she's phenomenal, Yeah, she really is She's got you know? huge and, energy and, around her campaign and yeah, she's, yep, she's going yep. really hard for it and of course 
because of um, the way things happened with her deciding to run and James stepping back so he could focus on kind of doing the nationwide co-leader campaigning stuff, um, Tam isn't on the list. So she's got everything to fight for because she's not going to get in even if the Greens had a spectacularly successful party vote campaign. So she's got to fight A, to win the seat and B, to turn out because Wellington Central is our highest party vote electorate. I, I so that's going to be right. a, a good time. If, if that vote does turn out, um, yeah, it's it's there for her. I really think so because Ibrahim, uh, fantastic, can, just fantastic candidate from Labour, um, lovely guy, you know, just a lot, lot of stuff going for him there. But I don't know, um, not really well known in Wellington circles. You know, there's the it's just the brand recognition. And um, I think Ibrahim not- does have a real edge in that he's got those union and living wage campaign connections. So in terms of turning out people who can put up billboards and will go out door knocking, he's going to have the kind of legendary Labour Party machine behind him. So that's why I think yeah. it's, it's going to be a really like a, a good fight between him and Tam. Yeah, that machine is 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 right there, and then and don't forget Dr. Scott, <laughs> Dr. Scott, Dr. Scott Sheeran, who's also apparently um, from people you know <clears throat> who might not otherwise like him, say is a really nice guy, the National Party candidate, but I just think he's going to lose because um, he used the word vibrant on his um, on his flyer, and that's a word that should be banned from uh, talking about Wellington. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, he's he's a he's a, a white guy with glasses and a and a blue tie. So yeah, I don't know, that's a lot of Wellington Central. A lot of Wellington Central. Does he have a rainbow lanyard? That is the test. <laughs> I, I I can't see one on his flyer, but he he I he, I can see his three young kids. So good luck, good luck, Scott, if you get in. You know, keeping <laughs> keeping family life together. It's a it's a killer politics. Mm. I think that about puts a cap on it. Really, yeah, really interested to see what happens with that minor, minor party vote. Um, especially with, again, it, it's a Roy Morgan poll, so we don't have to take it seriously. Uh, no. But seeing the um, Te Pate Māori seven. towards 7%, that's like, that's more than just like a statistical error. That's, that's a statistical that's, error and a bump. And a bump, exactly. Uh, I think, you know, some of you were saying earlier, uh, Mark, around who, who are people going to blame for this? Um, is it Labour or is it National? I think there's a very big opportunity both. here. Yeah, that it's both. Um, and it's on the minor parties to to sell that um, and to take the opportunity. Uh, Greens haven't really got their feet under them on that, I'd say, just yet. Um as far as polling goes, acts certainly have. It looks like they've had the, a plan to try and eat Nationals' lunch in, in the wings for a while. Um, I'd love to see the Greens heading to the same polling. That would be fantastic. Um, well, if we get to 15, I get into Parliament. So that's well, my personal goal. I mean, you're getting into Parliament anyway with a winner in a hurry. So... Oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to jump. I'm going to jump over everyone else on the list. Yeah, you're, you're going to split the centre with everyone else going between Willis and. Um, and O'Connor. But I think, sorry, it's just, this is all well and good. And Act's amazing daily um, publicity machine that pumps out whatever David Seymour and now Brooke Van Der Velden um, issue uh, just still seems to be working. Um, so just getting that attention in the next 100 days is going to be really hard because I just think the thing. media are really still looking at, as I said before, as a two-horse race, whether 
because all that the Chrises need to do is say, yeah, we're just going to debate each other. We're not going to let anyone else in the tent mm-hmm. for TV or radio, you know, and that's that's possible, right? And that that it's stupid and unfair, but it, it's politics, right? And One of 200 will host James Shaw and will even have David Seymour on as a minor fantastic. parties. Yeah. Thing. If, if, you're, if you're keen, the two of you, if you're listening to this, we will have a right winger on no, no, here no, just to have no, that. No, 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 no. no. I want Marks is no. Marama, Marama versus, versus all right, all right. Seymour. Okay. Yeah, please. Yeah. And we'll bring in Raph and Debbie as well. No, no, no. Hey. I think we need to we need to be really egalitarian about this. We need to have um the dudes, so have like Raph, David, and James, and then have a separate one, which is Debbie and Martima, um, basically just having a yarn. And- <laughs> that's gonna be way more um, no, Debbie, chill no, and fun. Brooke. And and Nicola. Yeah, get, get, yeah, maybe. Um <laughs> or, or, just 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 we mentioned I mentioned it before. Um Winston's gone burger, right? I, I can't hope see it. So I, I can't see so. it. Active eating that, I think. Actor ahead of it. Yeah. They've, they've, they've taken on that conspiracy angle on a bunch of stuff. Uh, they've gone uh, full racist. Uh, and yeah. And if they're I, not fringe and weird Facebook boomer meme enough for you, then there are other yeah. weirder options. And New Zealand First, they've relied on Peters, but Peters is now trying to basically do like freedom party shit, democracy and Z shit. Like that vote is being split in multiple directions. Anyone who actually is going to vote is either going to go with the people that are their mates, like I'm actually friends with this person who's a candidate for Voices for Freedom or whatever, or uh, they're not going to vote. So if Peter somehow gets over the line, it's going to be because of his networks within the media and with other politicians. And I think he's even burnt those bridges at this point. It's just not interesting enough anymore. You know, that he's it's, not crazy it's, enough. It, it, he's behind no, the and, curve and, in terms of whatever the like latest fringe meme is. Like he's, he still thinks it's fresh and new to refer to your opponents as woke. And it's like, no, 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 dude, we are so far past just throwing yeah. that word out yeah. at people. Exactly. One more thing. Um, the Wellington um, bubble is here, bubbling away in our in our enjoyable fashion because we we just love living in this town, right? It's Did great. We? It's great. <laughs> Let um, me wax lyrical down... about Tawa for another half hour. No, 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 Tawa's no, no, that's great. A, boy, if you can do, if you can, great. if you can come out with that, you've, you you might just. We have sourdough out. crumpets, Mark. We have sourdough. <laughs> crumpets. Yeah. Um, but I was just, uh, we don't really have time to talk about this. And, and uh, if, if you invite me back again in maybe August, I'll be down there again. But Christchurch, I was down in. Again, beautiful weather just before this, the real southerlies hit. And I'm really aware, as, as, a, as a Wellingtonian, that the election is not going to be decided mm-hmm. here. It will be decided by the voters of Christchurch and Auckland, um, the, the the two biggest um, metropolitan areas in the country, and probably Tauranga and Hamilton, those are that's where the votes are going going to decide mm-hmm. the election. Whether it's the people that don't vote, as you said, or the ones that go, yeah, let's take a punt for the smaller people, or or go tribal with with Labour or National, and it um, Christchurch seemed to be doing all right, you know. It's, it's there's a lot of empty space down there still in the in the center, but um, people pretty happy. Lots of housing going up, man. Lots of housing, and uh, uh, and this is what struck me because it was just at the time of the Tory stuff. Was hey, here's a whole inner city area that's been 
apart from the trams and, and a few cars coming in and out, largely pedestrianised, mm. and it's really good. It you is. Know? And it's really good. And where is the talk about that in in a, in a media coverage of, of the terrible idea to mm. to make turn the Golden Mile into a, quote, bus lane, quote? It's yeah. How do just... you rejuvenate a city centre without lots of car parks everywhere? Well, you, you go to Christchurch and you have a, a gander. Well, actually, all the car parks are on the, the empty lots. Um, <laughs> we'd have to... Yeah, lots of, but they're not directly outside the shops. People people then, can get themselves. Walk. People can walk. People it's, can it's walk a novel, or scoot or wheel or a novel concept. Mm. Yeah. Walk 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 their way to success. I just want to add one more thing, which is while I was listing all of the awesome Wellington candidates, we we jumped into um Rongotai uh, before I could also mention the fucking fantastic. I'm gonna use my swears for this, the fucking yes. fantastic Gina Dalmaclay up in Mana, um, which is just to the north of me. So we are the the beautiful Northern Wellington candidate team. Um they are so young and so talented and so fucking amazing and um just i think just below me on the list so again 15 16 percent let's go party let's get green um get me and gina into parliament um but yeah we have such a an amazing team in the wellington uh candidacy for the green party that i invite all other parts of the country to step up and be as cool as us and look that's what's going to take what, you know yeah, yeah it is and do you know what i'd love stephanie and i don't you know probably the, the plans are already set in stone but I want a leaflet telling me not about not not with just James Amara on the on the on the front and all the policy on wonk stuff on the back. It's if you vote fifty percent, this is who you'll have in Parliament and list yeah. the candidates. I also want that from Acts because I have no idea apart <laughs> from Seymour and Vanderbilt and, and the the crazy gun lady who um, who these people are. Well, and I think leaflets the voters ex- have a right to know. Leaflets are quite expensive, Mark. So can I suggest that this could be a role for some kind of institution that exists to report and investigate the important issues of the day? And possibly we could get a full page on the post of like the top 15 Green Party candidates and the top 15 Act Party candidates and some real deep dives into who these people are because yeah, they're, they're going to be MPs. Well, maybe not the top 15 of both parties. That would be a fun result. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, because let's I remember, speaking as the Ohio person, let's remember Peter Dunn, the worm turning, the bow tie, everyone loved him, very centrist. Oh, cool. Now he's got however many MPs with him. And oh, it turns out most of them are weirdo Christian types. Like, surely we should have learned our lesson as a country that actually looking at who is on the list and who is likely to get in is going to have a huge impact on people's votes because a lot of people, I know people who voted United Future who then went, wait, I thought they were just the moderate centrist types and now I get to find out about the AIDS deniers. What? So, yeah, um, pitch to pitch to media. Um, the Parties are more than happy to give you content about their candidates. Make it happen. All right. Let's close it up. Um I just do a, a last uh, minute shout out to Lamia Imam who had a piece yeah. um, in the post, which is probably the first uh, that is more of a deep dive into what the minor party uh, policies would actually look like in practice. So more of that, please, everyone. Uh, more I, Lamia, I, Lamia in every newspaper. Fantastic. Let's see. Let's Lamia on TV. Yeah, not just on uh, on the radio and in the paper, on everywhere. That's been another episode of One of 200. 
Uh, thank you so much uh, to my co-hosts this morning, Stephanie and Mark. Cheers. Cheers. You can find them on Twitter. I will link them in the description. Uh, our Patreon's in there as well. Uh, sign up, subscribe, like, share, give us five stars. And we'll be back midweek uh, with a podcast about education. I'll be speaking to a couple of teachers on Monday evening about what's happening in our schools. Uh, and that should drop on Tuesday or Wednesday for you all. It's been another week of one or two hundred current events. We'll catch you soon. If offices are denied, live in a pointless life, but I'm learning all your lessons. Fucking politics is no distinction. The words are now. It's paid with good intentions. And I'll admit that I'm at a loss for what to say when they quote this as a clock. Amongst the people every day In this vindictive, forgetful fucking rain It feels like we're on the road to hell